The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus prayed, I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. <coughs> Excuse me. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in the truth. The Gospel of the Lord. My oldest daughter, Rachel, has a boyfriend, Jason. And we like Jason. He's, he's a great guy. They've been dating for over a year now. They met um, near the beginning of their freshman year in college. Well, there's only one problem with their relationship, though. See, Rachel goes to the University of South Carolina, and Jason goes to Lander. That's an hour and a half apart, a long-distance relationship. And if you've ever been involved in a long-distance relationship, you know how difficult that can be. But there is precedent in our family. Because, you see, her mother and I also had a long-distance relationship. Stacy and I met the summer after our freshman year in college, and I was at Lenorine, and she was at Newberry, two and a half hours apart. And i got to tell you, they have it so much easier now. Because, well, for one, they have Snapchat and Instagram and FaceTime and Zoom and, oh, free long distance and texting and email, you name it. They can communicate with each other and actually see each other face-to-face -face all the time as if they were in person. When we were dating, none of that. We didn't even have email. I mean, email was just starting to come out, and some people had it, but we didn't have email yet. So if we were going to communicate, we had to pay for long distance. And let me tell you, it adds up a lot. Or we had to pay for a stamp. And apparently that adds up a lot too, but I was never good at mailing anything. But it would have been great to have email. That would have been free. And you know, back then, people would have conversations over email back and forth with one another. People would tell jokes over email. It was more than just, you know, spam that gets sent to your inbox and people trying to sell you stuff or business matters. People had conversations 
through email. That would have been wonderful. Maybe. Because the thing about email that people discovered over time is that you can't exactly voice emotions over email. Well, I guess you can write in all caps, but some people would do that anyway. You couldn't tell if anybody was mad. But you couldn't tell if somebody was joking. You couldn't tell if somebody was happy. You couldn't tell if they were upset. You couldn't tell. And so there are people that ended relationships because of a joke that someone thought was serious. Because you can't put sarcasm in email. Or at least you couldn't. But then, this smart Japanese computer guy invented these. This was the early emoji. Actually, this one was invented in the 1980s. <coughs> and, and this is one way that shows... Well, it's upside down, isn't it? It shows emotion. What does this mean? It's a winky face, right? Well, then they came out with these. What's this one? What does this mean? Happy. What about this one? Laughing happy. Okay, so we're clear because some older folks don't always get this one. This one is not crying. So if you send this to someone to express emotion after someone has died, not a nice emoji. It's happened. Um, what about this one? Means you're just kidding, right? This is the one that you need on emails. Just kidding, not serious. What about this one? Yeah. We see this one in person a lot, or at least I do. You know, I live with three girls. Um, this one, blowing a kiss, right? This one, angry. How about this one? Yeah, we don't need that one anymore. And this one, well, we don't know really what it, well, we know why. We're just not going to talk about it now. But emojis, and believe it or not, the word emoji comes from emoticon. It has nothing to do with emotions, but that's what they do, right? They're little pictures that help us express emotions in our writing, in our text messages, in our emails. And because of that, we're able to express how we feel. And that's very important as we communicate with one another, isn't it? Because we've had a big problem, and we've learned how important this is. Because for the last year, we've used these, haven't we? It was long about February that they told us that we didn't need them. Um, and then in March, they kind of still said we didn't need them. But that was because we would have run out there like toilet paper or gas and gotten them all, and the medical personnel wouldn't have been able to have them. And so they kind of told us a little white lie. But then they came clean in April, right, and said, no. These masks will help protect you and others from COVID-19. And so there were mask mandates everywhere. And basically, we were wearing them. And, and, and over time, we got, well, nobody got used to it. Nobody really liked it. But we did find, like, the ones that worked best for us. I mean, for me, I had, like, the homemade ones. And then I had Janus, which were really nice. Um, and then I found these with the little label, if you never use these. You can actually talk in these and people can understand you. I don't know why I'm telling you now because we're done, sort of, not completely. But what we found over time is the ones that work best for us. But even though they work best for us, they were still in the way, weren't they? You know, I was talking this morning before church. One of the people that were here this morning, we saw each other in Lowe's one day. 
and stared at each other for about five minutes before we realized that we actually knew each other. But the thing is, when you can only see from here up, you can't tell emotion. You don't know if somebody's smiling, laughing, yawning, or sticking their tongue out at you. You just don't know. You can't read body languages effectively if, if you can't see from here up. And if you're hard of hearing, a lot of times you can't hear anyway because you can't see their lips. And so we have run into this time and time again. We haven't been able to read or communicate with each other as effectively as we once did. So it's nice to be unmasked, isn't it? It's nice to be able to tell a little bit more of what people are thinking and feeling. In this morning's gospel reading, we actually have an example of Jesus being unmasked. Because what we're, what we're hearing is what's called the high priestly prayer. This is what Jesus prayed right before he left out of the upper room to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. These are some of Jesus' final words. Now tell me, if you knew that you were about to die, what would you say? What would you pray for? I'm pretty sure that it wouldn't be, I really need to get dog food at the grocery store. It would be important, right? Whatever you were saying would be some of the most important things on your mind. And so this is Jesus unmasked. We see into the mind of our Lord and what he felt was most important at that period of time. And what was it? It was his disciples. He was worried. Because he knew that he would no longer be with them. He would not be in the world, but they were going to be in the world. And this world was not a good place for them. Because it hadn't been a good place for him. They were going to be left behind in a world that had rejected him and would thus reject him, them too. They would attack them. They would tear them down. They would try to tear them apart. And that was the world that they were left to. And Jesus was worried. And I believe that Jesus is still worried for us as well. Because you and I are still in that world. We're still dealing with a fallen, broken world around us that tries to tear us not only apart from each other, but also apart from our faith. You know, this past year... We haven't known what's going on under the mask much. But I can tell you what's going on under my mask this week. I've been angry. I've been angry a lot this week. No, I've been angry a lot this year. Maybe you have too. Because it, it seems like, what's wrong with people? You know? What is wrong with people? We're, we're, we're on one side of the fence or the other. We're... We're hoarding things or we're not understanding why others aren't hoarding things or we're getting shots or we're not getting shots and we don't, we, we, we're, we don't understand why the other people are acting the way that they're acting, why they're doing or not doing the things that they're doing. We don't understand why they're doing that and they don't understand why I'm doing this. We don't understand why they're saying that and they don't understand why we're saying this. And it's back and forth and back and forth. And we've just gotten angry. And the world has gotten angrier and angrier. And this is what was worrying Jesus. That his disciples would not only be torn down, but torn apart. And so he prayed that they would be one. 
That's our Lord's biggest wish for us, is that we would be one. So how do we do that? How, how, how can we be in the world but not of the world? Well, my friends, it says in this passage, the word gave or given is mentioned nine times. Nine times. It talks about what Jesus was given and therefore gave to the disciples, gave to us. And what did he give us? The word, the teachings, the name of God. So we have what we need to be in the world. We have the teachings, the, the, the gospel. We have the story. We just sang a hymn, I love to tell the story. What story? Well, here's what it is, my friends. I've said it the last two weeks. I'll say it again. We're called to love one another. That's the word that we need to hear. Love one another. We have a sign out front. Many of you have probably seen it. One of them says, love one another. The other one, I love the way Miss Robin did this. She put a big smiley face and said, be nice. Be nice. It's time for us to unmask ourselves and be nice. It's to, to be nice and to love other people. Because the world, well, the world is the world. But there is something interesting about it. In John's gospel, he talks a lot about the world. And in this passage, we hear how the world is treating the disciples, how the world hates them. But earlier in the John's gospel, we heard something else. Maybe you've heard this before. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. It's that same world. The world that rejects Jesus is the same one that God loves so much that he sent his son to it. The world that he loves so much that he has sent us into it. To show a new way, to show the good news, to show how to be nice, to show how to love one another. To show how to be one. Because, my friends, if we're going to show that love, we got to be one. Amen.